After travelling 10 days on foot from Melbourne to Canberra, members of Australia's Iranian community have gathered on the lawns here outside the nation's parliament with an impassioned plea for the government to designate the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps as a terrorist entity. Now, last week, a Senate committee tabled its report on human rights abuses in Iran, as well as making, well, listing the Revolutionary Guard. The report called for a boost to the refugee intake and, in addition, Magnitsky-style sanctions. The Federal Attorney General's Department says it doesn't have the ability to designate the Revolutionary Guard as a terrorist entity under the nation's criminal code. The campaign for additional action was gaining support, really, uh, by a growing number of politicians, among them Monique Ryan, who addressed the crowd today. Take a listen. We will continue to put pressure on Senator Wong and the other members of the government to uh, impose more of the Magnitsky-type sanctions that we saw last week. It was great to see those. It was great to know that the government is listening, but it's not enough. Joining me now is Iranian-Australian activist Masoud Modaber. He's one of the 100 protesters who have made the journey. Welcome to you. Hello, thank you. You've been a leading voice in protests against the brutality of the Iranian regime sparked by the death in custody of of Mahasa Amini last September. You've arrived in the nation's capital today with three key demands for government action. What are they? Yes, um, as like the community has um, talked about it many times before, um, the three main things that we are asking for, the first one is to designate IRGC as a terrorist organization. I think there is more than enough like evidence for that. The things that they are doing around the world, they are killing Ukrainians, they have bombed synagogues around the world, they have killed many people, they have been involved with many terrorist organizations. These things have been documented by intelligence agencies of Western countries many times. And uh, this is the first thing that we think that they, it sh- they should be designated as a terrorist organization. Um, the, second, the second one is that um, many of the family members of IRGC commanders and Iranian officials are living here. And even some of them themselves are living here. That is a direct threat to Australia and Australian people, and especially Iranian-Australian community here. And this the third one is to cut your ties with Islamic Republic. Meaning effectively sanctions. I do want to talk about your family. The last time you spoke to the media here in Australia, you got a phone call about your mother. She was arrested and the psychologist clinic that she operates raided. She's since yes. been granted bail, so she's back in the community. When did yes. you last hear from your mother? Tell me this story. I talked to her like a few days ago. Um... um the thing is, um, she was there. She was in solitary confinement for four weeks. Um, she had to face 14 hours of interrogation straight till once she passed out. And it was a recurring thing. And um, they kept showing us, they kept showing her the our pictures, me and my partner's pictures in gatherings here and asked her to identify us, to tell them what we were doing here and those kind of things. Um, as, as From the moment that she came out, to be honest, um, she's happier, but she's worried about um, other um, people that she met at prison. She's worried about them. Um, many of them have had signs of torture and those kind of things, and she's worried about them. And yes, she's out on bail. And she's waiting her trial. So if the consequence of speaking out in the media here in Australia last time was that your mother was effectively abducted from her place of work, 
aren't you worried about the consequences of, of speaking today? Of course I am. I think about it every day. Um, I think about whatever I do here every day. And I believe that it has already had severe costs for me that some of them the media isn't aware of. For personal reasons, I prefer not to talk about them. That is your, more than does your what mother understand the reasons why you're speaking out? Does she that's accept exactly, those that's reasons? It. That's it. She, she always taught me that I have to fight injustice, um, no matter what. And I prefer to respect what she has taught me. And um, when I talked with her and I told her that this has a potential to endanger you, she said you have to always do the right thing. And did you specifically speak about the potential of uh, photographs of you at today's protests yes, being used uh, to, towards your mother in the this days and the weeks first, to come? This is not the first process, the first protest that we have been involved in. And yes, I have talked about the protests and everything. And she believed that if I think there's something wrong and if I believe that I'm fighting for justice, I have to continue what I'm doing, no matter the cost for her. I mean, social media is one of the avenues being used to track Iranian Australians. It's also one of the only ways that you can see what's happening uh, back in Iran. What role is social media playing in this conflict? Is it, is it more of a force for, for good or, or, or for evil? It is. Um, although um, the, the, um, all the major like, social media like, um, websites like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, those kind of things, they're all censored in Iran and filtered in Iran. Um, and the internet is almost down. Um, the people find ways to still contact each other and sometimes plan for the protests and like those kind of things um, on social media. And the very m most important thing that is happening on social media is that um, Iranian people are showing the world that is, what is actually happening and what like Islamic Revolutionary Guard and Islamic Republic are actually doing to their own people. So that is the most important avenue that we are trying to keep open. It's 14 past four. You're with Andy Park. This is RN Drive. You're hearing from Iranian Australian activist Masoud Modabur. He's talking about the perilous state of human rights in Iran and taking, well, as you heard, a, a pretty big risk in terms of his activism here and the possible consequences for his family back in Iran. Uh, Masoud, the US, the UK, the EU have all imposed sanctions on the financial arm of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. Canada has listed hundreds of individuals and entities directly. Australia's now, what, imposed sanctions on 29 individuals, including the morality police and members of the uh, besiege resistance force. What impact has these sanctions had on their operations in Iran? What are you hearing? Um, on, like, the Australian governments? Like, well, the collective to... might of all of these sanctions, is it actually hitting home where it's intended to sort of hit? I don't think so. It doesn't. I think it does close to um, non-impact, to be honest with you, because um, the, the view of this this IRGC, Islamic Revolutionary Guard, is is this is not a like ordinary army that you face. It's a mafia organization that is like laundering money everywhere around the world with its um, um, terrorist groups that is supporting all around the world. So if you just go and just um, like sanction the head of it, nothing is going to happen. Nothing is going to change. They're just still continuing, like, laundering their money and circulating it and supporting terrorism around the world. And just as a note, um, many Iranians don't dare to talk about it. I have at least talked to six more Iranians that their family members have faced consequences because of their actions here. 
a few of them have already talked to media a little bit here and there, but the majority of them don't dare to talk about it. This this is very more widespread that, than my case in here. Uh, when it comes to the listing of the Revolutionary Guard Corps as a terrorist organisation, the Australian government says it's not possible under law. Uh, that said, you are growing in terms of support from members of parliament. Uh, there was this message of solidarity from Green Senator Jordan Steele, John, today. Take a listen. We in the Australian Greens will continue to work with the community to see broader and more direct sanctions applied by the government to the regime, to continue to speak loudly on the world stage to ensure that Jinnah, Amini and all those who have lost their lives in the struggle for freedom are not forgotten. Uh, Masood, that support notwithstanding, what are you hearing from the Australian government about the prospect of listing the organisation as a terrorist group? Are you being told something else? First, I should really thank the Senator and many other members that have supported, like Iranian Australians and um, um, the the women's rights movement that is happening in Iran right now. Um, um, to be honest, I believe that um, first, ever, this, these are like legal probably um, discussions that I'm probably not very, very, very aware of. But um, we've said it many times: that is not uh, like governmental body; it is um, something totally different. But even considering that, I believe that Australia, Australian Parliament, even if it's not possible right now with this legal framework, I think they can pass a law to change it if they believe that this is a terrorist organization. Um, I think legality shouldn't stop them as it designate them so and to protect people. Masood, appreciate your time today. Thanks for sharing your story and uh, I wish you all the best with your visit to here in Canberra. Thank you. Thank you. Masood Morabur there, here is, uh, he's an Iranian-Australian activist. He's in Canberra as part of those protests calling for greater action from the federal government and taking an incredible risk, as you heard, with some pr- pretty incredible consequences to speaking out. Really appreciate your time today. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.